This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Friends, I'm so excited. I'm finally jumping in here and saying that the audiobook is ready. Yes, Joyful Courage, Calming the Drama and Taking Control of Your Parenting Journey is now available through Audible. And through the month of November, there is a celebration promo. When you buy the audiobook, go to www.joyfulcourage.com dot com slash proof and fill out the form. And after you fill out the form, you will be sent the companion guide to download and support you in deepening the lessons shared in the book. All right. So buy the book over on Audible. You can search for it on Amazon. Both of those pathways will get you the audiobook. And then head over to joyfulcourage.com slash proof, P-R-O-O-F. Fill out the form and you'll get the companion guide for free that will be yours to download. So excited. I'm so happy to finally let you know that it is here. Yes. Super exciting. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome to Joyful Courage. I'm so glad that you're here and listening. Joyful Courage is a conscious parenting podcast, a place where I like to bring information and inspiration to the parenting journey. I'm your host, Casey, Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, I'm a parent coach. But most importantly, I am a fellow traveler on the journey of parenting. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that you're listening in. This show is all about stepping into the personal growth and development that is always waiting for us here in this era of being mothers, of being fathers, of loving the kids that we have while staying lovingly detached from what's showing up in their lives. I know that sounds weird, right? Being detached. Telling you, it'll change your life if you can do it. Uh, The show is designed to offer you guidance. You can take it. You can leave it. It's a buffet of information. Just listen. 
right? Just listen, create your own value, listen for nuggets that land for you. And if something doesn't, just leave it behind. It's all good. I would love to know what you think. I have many communities that you can join. You can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. You can join in the conversation at Live and Love with Joyful Courage on Facebook or Joyful Courage for Parents of teenagers on Facebook. So I love to be in conversation with my listeners, knowing what's going on in your life and bringing some of what you desire most, challenges that you are currently facing, bringing them onto the podcast, bringing them into these conversations so that I can be in service to you. I really hope that you enjoy this show and I'm confident that you will. Hi, listeners. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. It is Hunter Clark Fields. Hunter is a yoga and mindfulness coach and mentor. She's the host of the Mindful Mama podcast and supporter of moms and dads near and far. She is also a mama herself and walks her talk with her two daughters. I had the great pleasure of being a guest on Hunter's podcast, and I'm thrilled to host her here on the Joyful Courage podcast. Hunter has a new book coming out, Raising Good Humans, A Mindful Guide to Breaking the Cycle of Reactive Parenting and Raising Kind, Confident Kids. I believe it's available for pre-sale now, and I'm super honored to share her wisdom with you all today. Hi, Hunter. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. So I would love for you to fill in the gaps on your journey of doing what you do. I shared a little bit there, but I would just love to know what has inspired you to become the Mindful Mama Mentor. Mm, that's, uh, that's a good question. Inspiring. You know, there's so many different factors. I, I think that this, for me, like when I'm doing something that, like makes me come alive and has made such a huge impact on my life. Like just needing and wanting to share that, like, Oh my gosh, like there's these tools out here. You need to know about them. Like it just that the enthusiasm. That's like the word my brother uses to describe me is like enthusiastic. <laughs> so like talked about it endlessly at my wedding, but <laughs> brothers, <laughs> brothers are so good for that. It was great. But, but yeah, I get this like enthusiasm and excitement for like, the, there's solutions, there's things that are working, there are things that are help. And like, if this works for me, and I was just like in the pit and failing and just like, ah, uh, so, so stuck, then it's, it's gonna, it's gonna help you too. And like, I just believing in those tools. Um, I think that's kind of where, where that comes from, sort of in the big picture. For me, the mindfulness began uh, when learning about that began when I was a teenager. I was really struggling. I'm a highly sensitive person and figure I have a highly sensitive daughter and a highly sensitive father. But anyway, uh, I would really fall into these pits of depression every week or two weeks, like really on a regular basis. I just feel like I couldn't handle life and I would just get super overwhelmed by everything. And I'd be crying. It was really emotional. And this was just kind of the way my life was. And, and, and in my family, that was pretty accepted that my biggest memory of this, which I share is that 
I really do remember being like 11 years old and like, I remember being on my bed, what my room looked like, all that stuff. My dad, I'd been crying tears and my dad rubbing my back and trying to comfort me (laughs) and saying, Oh, Hunter, like this is your artistic nature and life will always be like this. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) thanks dad. Like, depressing. Um, it wasn't that comforting. Uh, but he was kind of right. He was pretty right. Uh, I know that's how he struggles in a lot of ways and he deals with it in his own ways. But, um, but yeah, so as a teenager, I started reading about mindfulness. I discovered the writings of Thich Nhat Hanh, who, Mm -hmm. uh, is a Zen Buddhist master, Zen master, and is a great peacemaker, nominated by Martin Luther King for Nobel Peace Prize once. But anyway, discovered his books and his writings and started diving in. And then it it really took me like a decade of reading about it before Mm -hmm. I actually practiced and, you know, kind of lo and behold, doing the thing does make a much more of a difference than reading about it. Just like practicing tennis might make a better difference than reading about it. (laughs) And then as I practiced, and mindfulness and meditation are are two different things, but I practiced a mindfulness meditation Mm -hmm. um, uh, regularly, and I started to see this incredible change in my life, which was that those dips, you know, I kind of thought the whole thing wasn't working. I thought, you know, I was just sitting there thinking the whole time, and I wasn't really doing this right. But then I looked back over my life, and, and those dips that I'd gone into for 27 years of my life, hadn't been there for three months. Mm -hmm. I was just like blown away. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, like it was such a huge difference for me to be able to have more equanimity. And it became such a foundation for me to be able to do so much more with my life. Like, so then that became this, you know, it just impacted me so greatly that I, I just, wanted to share even more from there. Yeah. That's so, uh, just considering where my, one of my children is at right now in her relationship with, um, anxiety and depression, it's really inspiring to hear you talk about being a teenager and finding this tool and, you know, time, right. Like it's so hard to be in it with our kids. And and you talked about, like I read a bunch of your blog posts and I really just appreciated your story. So you, you have this history of using mindfulness to support yourself, you know, and then you have your oldest daughter. Can you tell, talk a little bit about how that kind of shook things up for you too? Oh man, did it shake things up? <laughs> Oof, things have never been the same since. Oldest daughters, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So she, uh, you know, I kind of thought like, I got this down, like, this is going to be great. You know, I'd been meditating for two years by then regularly. I was sitting with the meditation group and I remember like being in that group with like my big pregnant belly and thinking like, Oh, I got this. I'm going to be such a good mom. Like, look, I'm here in this peaceful setting. (laughs) She's going to be such a peaceful kid. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't just was like, so not that way. Um, her just from birth, like her birth was super intense 
fast and furious and she was a really intense kid baby i mean you know she's a highly sensitive baby and person and you know it was you know it, it makes a lot of sense now but i at that time i you know i'd given birth to her at this birth center and so i had a group of friends around like a lot of crunchy moms who were just like blissfully like wearing their babies and sleeping with their babies and they were so like blissed out and happy and I was like what's wrong with me my baby is so hard like Mm. this is challenging this is so hard and they seem so happy what's wrong with me and then as my my oldest daughter started to sort of walk and talk and resist everything that I said then then I really was my anger came out and like this incredible temper came out. It was my father's anger, you know, and I could really see it. Like I could feel it. And I I could, as I started to step back and look at it, I, I could see, you know, whenever she had these big upset feelings, it felt completely unacceptable to me. Like mm. it just felt so, so wrong because you know, the message shown to me was that your your big upset feelings are unacceptable because my father's anger would go out, would, you know, explode. And so that's why it felt so unacceptable to me, like deep in my core. And, and so then I was perpetuating the same pattern because of that, you know, and I could just see this like suffering pass down. And I really became my life's mi- mission to sort of like not be yelling at and not be losing my temper temper and just you know it felt so uncontrollable at the time like I remember really just like crying on the floor in the hallway just feeling so terrible and feeling very helpless but really turning back to diving deeper into my mindfulness diving deeper into understanding myself and what these triggers were really practicing to bring that non-reactive practice of meditation, bring that non-reactivity into my life in those moments. And really, it's interesting to think about of all the things that help me to take care of my anger better and more skillfully. The One of the biggest ones was instead of practicing self-judgment and, and self-shaming was to practice like Oh, like this is hard. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ertube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener 
go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. This is not your fault. This is a tough thing. So practicing that self-compassion really was what gave me the the grounding to be able to then say, okay, this is figure outable. I can do this. This is, you know, we can, I can figure this out. So, so a lot, most of my, a lot of that work comes from that, like looking at how, how do I figure this out and what are the different factors in there? Yeah. Yeah. And that story really resonates with me for sure. And just like the, you know, what we saw, what we experienced. And, you know, even as I remember, like, I will never do this. And then here's my little person in front of me and all of the whole physical experience of the tightness and the heat and the rigidity and then it just flying out of the mouth and then recognizing like I remember having this out of body experience like I am doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do Mm -hmm. and then similarly just being so passionate and learning how to show up differently and it is a lifelong practice like I love that you so I recently listened to you uh, talk to a couple that went through um, one of your programs and you, I love just how honest, and I think it's so important for all of us that work with parents to be really honest about this isn't like a six week fix. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? We'd be making a lot more money. <laughs> you know, I think that so that's such a dynamic experience being a parent because they're not little robots, nor are we. And, you know, I feel like for me and my journey right now with the teen years, it's like, I get set, like I, I have these like lucid moments where it's like, okay, all is chill right now. And then 
every single time. I'm always surprised by the blind side. And it's not like a like a like a violent or a really explosive blind side. It's often really subtle that puts me back in this place of like, what? Like I thought we were good here. Like what is happening right now? And so when I hear you talk about self-compassion practice, right? Can we tease that apart a little bit? Because I think I know because of the feedback that I get on my own sharing on this show that, you know, and you know this, right? Like there's so much more suffering in parenting than is really talked about, right? Because we don't necessarily want to say to the world, this is really hard and I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm scared. You know, I think for me, that's been a big one lately is just I'm scared. And the, the mom guilt is right up against that fear, right? So when you talk about a self-compassion practice, what does that look like to you? Yeah, it's really one of the most important and vital things that I teach and talk about. And, uh, and self-compassion is, you know, we we know what it's like to be compassionate to another person, right? We know like oh, you're hurting, you know, and oh, you know, we want to offer nurturing, we want to offer comfort and reassurance and all of those things. And but we live in this culture that's very based in judgment and blame. And, you know, it's just kind of in the puritanical roots, right? Like there's this harsh judgment. And I think, you know, we, we kind of have this in our heads that this, that judgment will help us grow stronger, but it actually couldn't be, that couldn't be more the opposite of the truth. In fact, like, yeah, I mean, well, just going into the little bit of like the science behind it, the, some of the science of that Kristen Neff University Austin has, has done with this, like when we are trying to sort of like, as we are always trying to do, if we're not dying, kind of like grow and change and things like that. If we make a mistake, which we will, because we're human, we're not going to do it perfectly. If we make some mis- mistakes or do something we didn't want to do, and then we re- we respond to ourselves with harshness and meanness inside, you know, are you likely to then take those brave steps forward again? Mm-hmm. No, because there's this mean ass beatification side <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna like berate you for it. So you're not gonna want to step out of the comfort zone. And that comfort zone gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you kind of create that zone around yourself. But if you take steps and you grow and you change and you make the inevitable mistakes, and then the voice inside is kind, is nurturing, is helps you kind of get down back on your feet, then you're able to then again, take those steps, those brave steps forward because it's not quite so scary and, and it's not leaving you left helpless, Mm -hmm. feeling helpless, right? It makes you feel like, no, I have resources I can go on. So what this looks like in practice is there's sort of three parts, right? And that mindfulness piece is a really important part. So you have to understand the mindfulness is awareness of what is happening in the present moment with a sense of curiosity. So what am I telling myself? I'm a terrible mother. Wow. That's kind of mean. Like we don't even see it. So we have to kind of, the mindfulness is to step outside and say, step, step kind of outside the waterfall of the thoughts and say, Oh, look, it's a waterfall. Oh, look, here are these really harmful, mean thoughts. So we have to be able to see them. And then 
instead of self-judgment, we can practice to respond with kindness, like touch a hand to the heart. Oh, you're trying. This sucks. This is hard. And, you know, and just really offering ourselves like, what, what would you say to your best friend if you knew she was feeling this way? What might you say? Mm-hmm. And saying those words to yourself and it will feel awkward and weird and strange at first if this is new to you, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's okay. You can fake it till you make it. You, this is something that you can nurture and grow and practice in yourself and it will get stronger and more natural and more comfortable. And then the third part is this piece about rather than isolating yourself, looking at your common humanity. So Mm. sometimes I like to think about it this way, like, I don't know, like we're in a planet of like, what, 7 billion people. (laughs) So like at any given time, like there's at least a million people who feel exactly the same way you do about whatever it is, you know? So like, you're definitely not alone. And really it's the practice of, if we're telling myself like, oh, Casey, Casey would never yell at their kids the way I yelled at my child. Hunter would never do that. Like, you know, if we're telling ourselves that we're putting ourselves in isolation and frankly, it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Like you have no idea. But if we tell ourselves, oh, Casey has yelled at her child. Hunter has yelled at her child. And all everyone does, this is hard. We we get triggered. This is really hard. Mm -hmm. And we start to imagine, even visualize all those people who are feeling the same way, who are in a similar situation. We can we can know that we're not alone. And that that really is empowering for us to make those brave, positive steps forward. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I love that outside observer practice, like recognizing what's happening when it's happening. And and then with that space, we have a choice, right? And that's really exciting to me. And I told you before I hit record that I wanted to weave this in because I know that for me and for a lot of parents, it can sometimes feel like, okay, so if I do the things and I show up mindfully and I'm doing a quote, good job. The result is that I have really easygoing kids that, you know, don't trigger me. And the reality is we're in charge of us and they're in charge of them and we are on parallel paths and they sometimes for whatever reason, for whatever reason, things can go sideways. And I think that's kind of this place of really questioning, right? We start to question, well, I must be doing something wrong if my child is behaving a certain way. And I just love to hear you tease that apart because I I feel like that's this soil, this, this environment that can really, again, breed that idea where we put ourselves in the center of everything, right? Which I think is kind of a human thing to do. It's definitely an ego thing to do, but it's really not useful because we're more like, we're more like planets kind of orbiting at each other versus like, I am the sun. (laughs) And depending on how brightly or warmly or whatever, my, my light and my glow is shining, you, you know, that will result in X, Y, or Z and really like, we can be doing all the things. And sometimes we have intense people in our lives. And it it really 
it's almost like it's like that blame showing up again. Yeah. Like I'm putting every factor, you know, I'm making myself all powerful Mm -hmm. in my mind. And that's simply not true. Like you are not to blame for everything. You know, we like to, in our culture, sort of like pinpoint a thing for everything, but there are so many factors, you know, we can barely control us. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even, a lot of ways we're not even to blame, like, you know, for instance, like, like the anger we were talking about or yeah. the triggers, like you didn't wake up in the morning and decide, oh, I think I'm going to lose it at my child today. Right. That'll be good. You know, like yeah. no one decides that, you know, so you're, if this is like a physical, biological nervous system reaction that happens right. to the conditions that are present. It's not like you chose to do that. You know what I mean? And, and likewise, like, so if we can't even control in a lot of ways, like, you know, our own nervous system responses, like we don't have like the master all powerful hand in ourselves. So how could we possibly ever be able to do that for Mm -hmm. our children in in this like letting go of them? I mean, this is like the hardest part of the whole thing in so many ways. Like I, I know as you and I are like my daughter's going on 13 and that that whole piece of what you used to be fit in my forearm and mm-hmm. now you're almost as tall as me and and you you can't force things yeah you know you you can't just make happen what you want to happen but you can use your influence and you can take steps and you can do the best you can with what you've got but that's all we can do yeah we we can't shape their future in every way that we'd like to it's so heartbreaking it really is it really uh, is. So raising good humans, what we can do. Yes. I love that um, in your title or the subtitle, A Mindful Guide to Breaking the Cycle of Reactive Parenting. So that's basically what we're talking about, right? Is that reactive, impulsive, whether it's in our own self-talk about ourselves or in a, how our outward reaction is to our kids. Um, and I think, yeah, that nervous system, those mirror neurons, right? Of mm-hmm. it's you know those of you that still have little ones, I mean I those of you that have little ones go to the grocery store they fall apart like it's really hard to stay calm or you're in the middle of a podcast interview and you get a text from your teenage daughter that totally throws you for a loop Hunter I don't know if you know that I just experienced oh this about ten minutes ago <laughs> and I'm like my whole body you know like the tight chest and the so it's like yeah, this nervous system piece. And I'm the dots that I connect around mindfulness and the nervous system and breaking this cycle is comes back to that awareness piece and being willing to be in that space of recognizing what's happening as it's happening, right? And it's so uncomfortable, oh, right? So, so to be able to have some freedom of response and not just be reactive and saying whatever our parents said because our buttons are pushed. We have to be able to sit with the discomfort of not reacting instantaneously to the Mm -hmm. thing. So you may be experiencing that right now. Like, wow, in my body, I've got this energy. I've got this, this energy in my body is saying to move and go and do something right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when we're in that space, there's pretty rare that we kind of have to like run and save our kids from a 
car. That happens. But most of the time, the best response is to... breathe and start to use those tools to slow down the nervous system. We're very, you know, we're creatures driven by our biology to a large extent and our brain kind of starts to explain away what's happening. Mm -hmm. But we can start to use the tools to calm down that nervous system, use the opposite response, that rest and relax response. And then make a more thoughtful decision from there because when that, so in the book I talk about when the stress response is triggered, the amygdala the in the lower part of the brain, the alarm bell of the brain, it, it literally like bypasses your prefrontal cortex, which is the upper part of the brain, which is where your logical creative thinking is, your empathy, mm-hmm. your verbal ability, all your executive functions, right? Like how to solve problems, all that stuff. It bypasses all of that so you can react quickly, boom, mm-hmm. you know? And we, that's not so helpful. We want to be able to, to access all of those things. So what I discovered is that, okay, I really, really need to calm down and then be able to respond better. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, then I needed some tools to respond better when my daughter was little, (laughs) because then I would say, I would say something that was like kind of something my parents might've said to me. And it was like, boom, all, you know, all this resistance all over again. And so now I had to learn all of these tools of like how to respond to pro- cause less resistance and all of those things. Right. So in our, I kind of saw these as these are the two wings we need to fly. Like how do we become less reactive? And then then what do we say? Because mm-hmm. you can't do one without the other. You can't have what do we say without that inner work. Mm-hmm. And then you can't just do that inner work and then you're left with. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. some unskillful stuff to say, you need to, you need to be able to do both. So that's where, what, what raising good humans basically does in two parts is bring those together. Yeah. Will you share with us? uh, Can you give the listeners maybe one takeaway from 
the what to do category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the what to say category. Yeah. So, um, for example, Casey, put your phone down right now. <laughs> so um, if I say are that you to spying you, on me. <laughs> <laughs> so if I say that to you, it's like an order, right, right? Right. And how do you feel when I just say, Casey, put your phone down right now? Yeah, I feel like, exasperated and annoyed. <laughs> Yes. At you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I want to so, justify, I want to be like, hold on, I'm doing yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got things to do. Right. So I apologize. I'm not really ordering you around. You can, <laughs> you're free to do what you need to do. But the, so the, so when kids are given orders all day long, they're told what to do, little kids, especially all day long, put on your shoes, go to bed eat this, do this. And we talk to little kids in this way that we would never talk to like, you would never tell your husband, put on your shoes. Right. Yeah. Well, you might say, put your phone down, but (laughs) you know, or your partner. Um, yeah. So we don't, wouldn't talk to other adults this way. Right. Um, so this is, this is one of the principles of like, Nobody likes to be ordered around. Nobody likes it. So what I talk about in the book are communication barriers. Mm. And we talk about six of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the top two big ones are ordering and threatening. And yes, the whole one, two, three is included in threatening. One, two, three, yeah, vague People stop threat. doing that. It's not useful. I know you feel like you're all big and powerful, but oh my gosh. One, two, three magic is a sham. Let me it say that is. out loud. I'm with you. I'm with you. We take a stand right now. Yeah. Um, um, (laughs) but yeah, like threatening also causes resentment and basically like the, the parents sort of using this, this power, you know, trying to just power trip manipulate and use this power over the child. And, and what we're doing is, and I still find myself expecting this. I expect, like immediate obedience, like you're going to jump up right now and do the thing, you know, and it's crazy. Like if somebody, if my daughter said to me, Hey, can you put the clean dishes away, mom? This is what I ask them to do all the time. I would probably say, um, yeah, when I'm done with my chapter, (laughs) right. I wouldn't just jump up and do it. I wouldn't expect any adult to just be like, okay, boom, I'm right doing it right away. As soon as you say the word, but that's what we expect of our kids. Yeah. And so I want to push back against that way of communicating. It just happens to be in the culture because it, from a kid's perspective, like if you order me or if you use threats against me, I feel resentment, right? It makes me less likely to want to cooperate with you. So it's actually completely counterproductive. It makes me less likely to intrinsically want to cooperate with you. Right, which is not a character flaw. No. Right? I think that there's this idea that, you know, the kids that will take the order or follow the threat, like somehow those are the well-behaved kids and the other ones are just defiant or difficult or high, you know, high needs or, but ultimately, you know, when I look at the title of your book, right, Mindful Guide to not being reactive and then connecting the dots to how that raises kind and confident kids, like, because the model of the mindful parent is a kind and confident human. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not even so much what we're doing or saying as much as how we're being 
mm-hmm. when we are showing up inside of this mindful, yeah, aware we, model, compassionate model. Yeah, we can't like be disrespectful to our kids and then expect them to be like respectful and kind <laughs> to us back. Like that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like if we yell at them, they're going to yell at us. Like, like we have to show, we are constantly coaching them for them and modeling for them as, you know, mm-hmm. and, and teaching them how to be in this world. And yeah, like you're going to have to repeat yourself a lot. Yeah. Like it's going to be, gonna be, be annoying as all heck. Like it's totally going to be annoying, but if you're going to be repeating yourself so much anyway, you might as well be repeating something that's kind, something that's more skillful, because what we really want and what I talk about in Raising Good Humans is we want our kids to cooperate with us intrinsically for, because they want to, mm-hmm. you know, and to do that, it means we create a connection with them and we use more of our influence than our power. Mm-hmm. And there really is an inverse relationship between power and influence. The more you use power, the less influence you will have. Mm-hmm. And the more, um, you know, the less you use power and vice versa. So, so I really do believe that there are so many things that can happen in adolescence that have, we have so little control over in so many ways, but we do, I do believe that kids, you know, we think of this traditional teen rebellion and man, did I have that? I like ran away from home when I was 14 overnight a few times, so much yelling with my father and all this stuff. It wasn't about, it's not about rebelling against the parents. It's about rebelling against the modes of authoritarian discipline that people are using. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be there in adolescence for those times are so, so difficult with Mm -hmm. so many factors that we can't even fathom now that are going on for our kids. We have to be able to have influence, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to be able to be there to influence them in their life, to be someone that they can talk to, to be that that welcoming ground zero, that home base so that, so that as they're, going through and a really, really challenging time with so much going on, we can be grounded. We can hold that peace. As we hold that peace within ourselves, then we can offer that peace to our children when they need it. Yeah. Soft landing. That's how I kind of think about it. Yeah. Oh, well, tell listeners where, where can they find this book? Where do we, what do they need to do? Where can they find you? Tell us about your, your podcaster as well. Tell us all about all your things. Thanks. Um, so the Mindful Mama podcast, we've got one, a great episode with Casey Aurority from this year. <laughs> um, and so you can find the Mindful Mama podcast everywhere you find podcasts. But um, yeah, so Raising Good Humans is, you can go to raisinggoodhumansbook.com. Dot com, and that's where you can order pre-order it, depending on when this comes out, or order it, and you can get book bonuses and things like that. And um, yeah, sign up for the book bonuses. You'll get my first chapter one in audio. So yeah, go to go to raisinggoodhumansbook.com. Awesome. And do you have groups? Are you on social media? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I share the behind the scenes of my life on Instagram at mindfulmamamentor.com. You can see our our Renaissance Festival costumes <laughs> this year. Cool. <laughs> and such. Um, yeah, that's kind of mostly where I'm I'm active because it's easiest and less 
frustrating. <laughs> yeah, totally. And finally, in the context of mindful parenting, what does joyful courage mean to you? Yeah, I think joyful courage means, and the courage is a really important word. It's the the courage to be able to sit and be uh, look at honestly the uncomfortable parts of ourselves um, and embrace those with compassion. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show. It was so good to talk to you. Hey, yay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate every single one of you and the ways that you show up for joyful courage. Thank you. And did you know there are ways that you can give back? I have a Patreon page, which is a place where you basically can donate one, five or $10 towards the sustainability of the program. And just as a way to say thank you, and you can check that out at patreon.com slash joyful courage. That's www.patreon.com slash joyful courage. I have some benefits and bonuses for people that are in my Patreon community. You can also let me know what you think by heading on over to Apple Podcasts, leaving me a five-star rating and a review. I love to read the reviews on air. So whenever I get a new review, I share it. And it really just helps me know what you love about this podcast. What is landing for you? What is useful? Like I mentioned at the top, I am active on Instagram and Facebook, both places you can find me at Joyful Courage. And please know that you're always welcome to join into my Facebook groups, Live in Love with Joyful Courage, as well as Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens. Yes, 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 yes. We're back in the weekly mode. So I'll be back next week. Can't wait to have you listen again. Until then, Take a deep breath, follow it into your body. Take a moment to notice what's currently alive for you. Imagine that you can take the balcony seat for a higher perspective of whatever is currently going on in your life and trust that everyone's gonna be okay. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.